welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Every week I, along with our preaching team, have the opportunity just to share with you a particular thought. And we often share those thoughts in series. And uh, I was a little bit torn whether to continue the series because of the nature of the series or whether to do a one-off message because of all of our visitors here uh, and the dedication, etc., etc. And so I've been thinking about it and praying about it long and hard. And uh, I'm either very, very stupid, which is very, very possible, <laughs> or very, very brave, or maybe just very, very practical. Because a few weeks ago, we started a series called Treasure Chest, and it was simply based upon the subject of unlocking God's financial plan for you. Now, with all of our visitors here this morning, I want you to rest easy. I want you to relax, because I'm not after your money. But I do want to continue this series because I believe every topic needs to be covered and thoroughly covered. The problem with the church and the problem with people's perception of the church is they only have little bits of truth. And Jesus never said little bits of truth will set you free. He said the truth will set you free. And so in order to get the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, it takes time. And so we preach in series. And so if you are visiting, I want to thank you, number one, for coming. I want to thank you for your courage and your bravery in being here. And I want you to relax. So can we just show our appreciation one more time to these who have come for the very first time? It's awesome. At the same time, I'd say, listen up, because I think there's something in here that is so generic, it's for everybody. Every time we preach, we want it to be practical. We want it to be for the Christian and the non-Christian, the believer and the unbeliever, and everything in between. If you're in between a believer and unbeliever, there's something for you. If you're a man here, are there any men in the place? This is for you. Are there any women in the place? This is for Yeah, this is for you. It's for the older ones. Are you a little bit older today? Any old ones amongst us? Yes. Oh, my back. Any younger ones here? Yay! It's for everyone. The Word of God is for everyone. And so we want to continue our series on treasure chest. And the reason we feel to talk about uh, money and finance and giving is because it's something that affects us all. Okay, this is something that unites all of us. You'd be a brave person to say, oh, money doesn't affect me. Money affects every one of us. And what we do with our money affects every one of us, especially into the season that we are coming into. Who knows what's just around the corner? Christmas. Christmas. The silly season. The time where we buy gifts with money we don't have on things we don't need, for people we don't like. It's that time of season that we are going into again. And I, as a pastor, feel obligated to speak some sense 
into the situation as opposed to you being bombarded with television and advertising saying, buy this, you're going to need this. You know, it's actual, you know in actual fact, the, the one entity that doesn't speak about money enough and what to do with it is the church. And so the communities in which we live get in trouble because we're being told by the television and advertising, you've got to buy this, you've got to buy that, you've got to buy this, you've got to buy that. Hungry Jacks is better than McDonald's and McDonald's says McDonald's is better than Hungry Jacks and then KFC pops up and then they say this and then iPad 2 comes out and everyone's going to have an iPad 2 because who wants an iPad 1? But then you want the latest iPad and you don't want that anymore because there's a new iPod and then you need an iPhone and I had an iPhone that was once upon a time new but now the new iPhone S comes out. And we're being told and we're being preached at by the television all the time that you've got to have this, you've got to have that. Oh, you're not a man, you're not a woman if you don't have the iPhone S or 4S or whatever it is. Can't even keep up, it's insane. And so people are like, oh, I've got to get this. I'll just feel better about myself. And, and, and it's secretly, if we're honest, we hope that we get it on a bargain. So that come Christmas time, that we get a greater value gift for us than we're actually able to give. And so we win. How many do that? It's a silly season. It's crazy. And in the midst of all the craziness, there's got to be some sanity. Some common sense has to come to the fore. The trouble is with common sense, it ain't that common. Common sense is lacking for the most part. And so we need to speak about it. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus spoke more about money than pretty much any other subject. He spoke a lot about money because it affects so many people. And so it's our desire as a church to teach a biblical, balanced truth about the subject of money. And so far, we've looked at the heart of the matter. Took over two sessions to do that. Seth got up here and preached on money matters. Last time we touched on the subject, we looked at money myths. We looked at things that money doesn't grow on trees, you know that? Uh, that um, money will not make you happy. That whatever's in you will ultimately come out. And if you are stingy, money will just highlight the stinginess that's already in there. So you can get on the uh, website and download that. But today I want to talk to you on a subject. And this is where I need to be brave. And this is where I don't want any of you to stone me. Okay, so just relax. But I want to speak on the subject of tithing. Ouch. Some of you are like, what's that? Others are like, I know what it is and you better not say another word, boy. Or I'm out of here. Tithing. Tithing is a practice of giving one-tenth of your income to God. And there are many misconceptions about the tithe. There are some that say you should do it. There are others that say that you shouldn't do it. And the argument against tithing is that it should be done away with because it was done away with in the New Testament. And that's mainly because it's not emphasised in the New like it is in the Old Testament. But I believe that some principles apply to the Old Covenant and some to the New but then there are other principles that are eternal principles that apply in the old and the new. Gravity, for example, is not an old covenant practice. 
It's not just a new covenant practice. It's an eternal principle. It's like God spoke it into being and it's been with us, old covenant and new covenant. And here's the cool thing about gravity. You don't even have to believe it. You don't have to believe in gravity, but it will affect you. You don't have to believe in generosity. You don't have to believe in giving. You don't have to believe in sharing. You don't have to, but it will affect you. Because it's an eternal principle. It's not based upon new or old covenant. You know, if I didn't believe in gravity and I stepped off this stage, am I going to, just because I don't believe it, am I going to keep walking or am I going to fall? Hang on, here we go. Am I going to go up, straight, or down? Who thinks I'm going to go down? I don't believe you. You can do it. It's an eternal principle. It's not based on the old or the new covenant. And so the concept of putting God first with your finances is an eternal principle. Now, here's the thing. I know we've got a lot of visitors because of the dedication. But I want to say, whether you're a Christian in this place or a non-Christian in this place, giving a percentage of your income away is a good practice. There are many non-Christian organisations that have cottoned on to this eternal principle. There are stacks and stacks and stacks of non-Christian organisations that recognise it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. This is not a Christian principle. This is a principle of life. It's an eternal principle. It works. You don't have to be a Christian or a non-Christian to believe in gravity. It just works. It's there. It's in the DNA of society. And so it is with our giving. Tithing was officially introduced through the law, but the principle of tithing was seen well before the law. We see that through the uh, lives of Abraham and Isaac, who both lived before the law was introduced through Moses. And this happened some 400 years before Moses was even around, that this practice of just giving, this, this generosity towards God, this gratitude toward all that God had given was just in place in Abraham's life. It was in place in Isaac's life. And as a result, they gave. Not because someone said you had to, not because they were under law, but because they were just generous. They just wanted to say thank you. You know, if you love someone, If you really love someone, you don't feel compelled to give. You just give. Can you imagine someone walking down the aisle on their wedding day and the guy's walking down looking at this. uh, Sorry, no, he stands, doesn't he? The woman's walking down the aisle and he's looking at her. Thinking, oh, I hope she doesn't want my money. I hope she doesn't expect anything on her birthday. My money's my money. She's not getting any of it. Where does it say that I have to give her anything? You start talking like that, it kind of exposes something in your heart that there's something wrong. There's something wrong. But when you're in love and you just just want to be generous, we didn't ask Norm to give out flowers. If you ask me, it's a little bit of a girly practice, actually. but one of the sweetest girly practices I've ever seen. It's just awesome. We didn't ask him to do that. We didn't make our people take food around and say, oh, Norm's in hospital again. Someone better look after him. Give him some food. Come on. Come on, anybody. And we had to twist their arm. Come on, you call yourself a Christian. You better give. Now, people just willingly gave. 
Because they want to. If you've been made to give, if you've been told you must, if you've been told you're going to hell if you don't, then I'm here to set you free. Just relax. You don't have to give. If your wife says you have to give, you don't have to. Could be some consequences, but you don't have to. (laughs) Just be free. Just be free. Because there's nothing worse than being made to have to do something. It flies in the face of Christianity. See, to me, this is the difference between Christianity and religion. Religion makes you do things. You've got to do this. Whereas Jesus came to start a relationship. So get to know me and things will change in your life. I've been married for 19, almost 20 years. We dated for eight years before that. So I've been together with my wife, then girlfriend, for 28 years. And there's things I do for her because I just love her and I just want to do them for her. I'm not made to. I just want to. And I just love her. And that love is growing the more I get to know her. To to, to know Kath is to love her. And to know me (laughs) is to love me. I'm a lovable guy if you get to know me. And so what Norm did... And then this wasn't a setup. I have to think that God's in this because we were going to, this series was set. I didn't ask Norm, hey, Norm, in light of all the people that they've given, I think it'd be great if you stood up here and told everyone thanks and gave some flowers, mate. It's like God's orchestrating something to highlight the point. And so, having said all that, I just want to look at a few things in the New Testament that reflect the essence of tithing. But prior to doing that, I want to look at one more video, give you a bit of a laugh, and these are some of the views on tithing out there. Can we have a look at them? Are they ready to go? Yeah? Give me the nod, give me the thumbs up. Cool. Take a look at this. I think you're going to like it. Anyone recognise any of those people in the video? That, 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 uh, one of those guys looked like he was into the Movember thing, but... Um, Never mind. Maybe, maybe some are those people in the video, but we won't. Just look straight ahead right now, okay? Fantastic. I want to just go through very quickly five scriptures that highlight five points that are found in the New Testament that surround the essence of giving and tithing. The first one is simply this. First. In Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus said, Seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The key word here, first. See, what you put first in your life highlights what you love the most. Tithing is simply a matter of prioritizing what is most important in your life. Because we always give honor to what is most important. And so Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first in your life. And so whether that's with your day when you get up in the morning, give the first part of your day to God. And I make it a practice of mine to get up and I I spend time with God through reading and I'll go for a walk and and I just spend some time talking to God. And when when it comes to prayer, can I just let you in on a little secret? Uh, Praying is not always talking. You know, whenever there's a communication taking place, it's two-way. So there's times you speak, and then there's times you stop speaking, and you listen. 
And so when I uh, give my first part of the day to God, it could be through praying, it could be through talking, it could be through listening, it could be through reading the Bible. And that is the same with my finance. I give the first part of my finance to God because he's what matters most to me. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Secondly, this is what Jesus said about tithing in Luke chapter 11, verse 42. He says, Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should practice the latter without leaving the former undone. People often use this scripture to say that Jesus did away with tithing, that it's not important. But in actual fact, if you look at it closely, he actually says one key word about tithing, and it's simply this, you should do it. Jesus only spoke about tithing once, and the only thing he said about it was, you should do it. But when you do it, don't neglect love. Don't neglect generosity. Don't neglect caring. Don't neglect saying sorry. Some people think that uh, tithing's like the rabbit's foot. You can give a tithe, and now God's going to bless everything else you do. Jesus did not say that. Jesus said, practice a tithe, do that, but couple the tithe with giving, with saying sorry, with uh, asking for forgiveness, with being kind, with giving people a smile, with being happy. Couple it with that. But as far as tithing is concerned, Jesus said, you should do that. And while you're doing that, do a whole heap of other things as well. Does that make sense? Thirdly, I've only got five. We're going to rush through it. Number three, found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, Jesus says, I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. See, Jesus never came to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. He didn't come to say, oh man, that was really hard. That thing that God asked us to do, that was really tough. Jesus actually fulfilled every ounce of the law. He filled it in full. And that's why I believe that the law is still relevant today. Jesus fulfilled the law through his obedience to God. And here's the thing. The challenge for us is not just do what the law tells us to do. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. All those things. Jesus said, I want you, I want you to go beyond the law. In other words, I don't want you just not to have adultery, but I, I want you to just stop looking at other women with adulterous thoughts. In other words, what he's saying is because of this new dispensation, this new grace, this new covenant, there's more expected of us. People think that, you know, under the old covenant, you were asked to give a tenth and that's fine. But in the new covenant, we have grace, so we don't have to give anymore. This is my question for you. If we were required to give a tenth under the old covenant, how much more does grace require? How much more? Jesus said, you've heard under the law to love your friends. I I tell you, love your enemies. Jesus raises the bar. Jesus asks us to do more and surpass that which was being asked of those under the law. The New Testament tithing is not legally imposed law. It's a principle that we choose to do. Number four, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 to 2, it says, 
now about the collection for God's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. Do what I told Victory Church to do. On the first day of every week, each one should give a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that no collection will have to be made. Paul taught in the New Testament, giving in proportion to your income. Now, if I was you, and I asked you to describe tithing to me without using the word tithing, what better way to describe it than it's a portion of your income, a percentage of your income? Paul was simply saying, set aside some money, not an amount, but an amount in keeping with how much you earn. See, when you look at the tithe, it, it, it's, it's the most generous way of giving known to man. Because it's not based upon an amount, it's based upon a percentage of what you give. And so it's not equal amounts, but there's equal sacrifice. Does that make sense? I don't know, doesn't that sound like a kind, loving God? As opposed to demanding everyone give a thousand bucks. For some of you, that's nothing. For some of you, that's heaps. You don't see that in the Word of God. You just see this proportion to what you earn. And my last point today is simply this. In Luke chapter 8, verse 3, it says, Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna and many others, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. People often say, God doesn't need our money. And that's true to some degree. But people do. People need our finance. These women were supporting Jesus' ministry out of their income. And I believe that's the purpose of tithing, is that we bring some money into a storehouse that we can help our community. People often say, why would the church go on about money? You know what? If everyone actually grasped this principle, it wouldn't have to be spoken about. The reason we speak about it is because there's other things demanding and there's other things taking away. So we have to be reminded again and again and again. Why do McDonald's always advertise? Because Hungry Jacks are always advertising, demanding that you give your money to them. Does that make sense? And so we take up an offering every week simply to support what God is calling us to do in this local community and beyond. Tithing is not so much a commandment as it is a commitment. It's a commitment to God. It's a commitment to the local church. It's simply about taking an Old Testament principle and applying it in a new covenant spirit. If you're a Christian, and you go to another church, and you're here just visiting, you're welcome, but I would encourage you to take this message and apply it to your local church. If you are a part of this church, I would encourage you to take this message seriously and begin tithing to this local church. If you're visiting and you're not a Christian and you're saying, I'm not going to do anything with it, that's fine, that's your prerogative. But I would encourage you to think about what's being shared. And maybe you could take this principle and start taking a portion of your income and giving it to some area that you know that is doing good. Because this is an eternal principle. Let me ask you this. Would not this community that we live in, and this state in which we live, be better or worse if people gave more? 
Would it be worse if, if we actually gave more? If every one of us took a portion of our income and gave to a group of people that we believe is doing a great work, whether you're a Christian or not, we said, you know what? 10% of my offering, uh, my income is going to go to the Salvation Army. 10% of my offering is going to go to the Lions Club. 10% of my, because of what they are doing, it's going to go there and it's going to go there regularly and consistently because I believe they are doing a great work. I tell you, the community and the society in which we live would have to benefit. Would you not agree? So this is not me asking for your money because I'm not asking for your money. I'm asking for you to apply an eternal principle that will help the society and the community in which we live because that's the way God intended it. God did not intend us to hold on to everything we have. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He kept everything for Himself. Hallelujah. No. He so loved the world and that love was seen through His giving. The love that we have for Norm is seen in the giving. The love that Norm has for the church was seen in his giving. What did he give? He gave kind words. He gave encouragement. He gave gifts. It was seen. Hey, look, I, I know it's possible to give and not love. We see that at Christmas all the time. People giving presents and they don't love anybody. Here, have your present, you're miserable. I know that's possible. It's possible to give and not love. I get that. But it's not possible to love without giving. If you love, you'll give. If you love God, you'll give to God. If you love your husband or wife, you'll give to them. If you love your family, you'll give to them. If you love your church, you'll give. It's not out of manipulation, not out of being told you must, but out of love. And for those that are visiting, that aren't part of this church, I'd strongly encourage you to think about this message and give to some work that you love and some organization that you love and appreciate and respect what they are doing. Because this community and this society in which we live would be much better off if people everywhere, Christian or not, were a little bit more generous and a little less stingy and a little bit more thoughtful and lived beyond just them, me, my and I. Would you not agree? Let's put our hands together. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.